the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor in Ukraine War Zone gives firsthand perspective. That is the topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Worldview is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. Thank you to listeners like you and also our national sponsor, Samaritan Ministries, who provide a biblical solution to health care. You can connect with us by calling our toll-free number, one 646 2233 or by visiting org. Just going to give a minute or two update before we get into the preview for today's program. Many of you who are regular listeners will know that my wife Brody took a very bad fall in September of 2021 and fractured her heel, leading to a surgery and a long recovery. I told you I'd give you an update. Well, here's the update. She has made a lot of improvement. We thank the Lord for that. She's not walking with crutches anymore. She's resuming normal activities She's still walking with a limp, but this is one of those injuries that it takes about a year to recover from, and so I think it will take many more months to know how much function she actually gets back. Lord willing, it'll be all the way to or at least close to 100%. So thank you for asking how she's doing and your prayers for her. Secondly, you may remember that a couple months ago, we launched in Los Angeles on KKLA 99.5 FM, and this was a real step of faith for our ministry. Uh, those of you who understand how Christian radio works is that we as a radio program pay for the airtime to broadcast on stations and networks or apps or other places where this program airs. And Los Angeles is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, market in the country. This is a very expensive market And so we just want to let listeners know who might want to be involved in supporting the Christian Realview to air on KKLA. Even if you don't live in Los Angeles, we would really appreciate your considering supporting us in this new endeavor. And if you'd like to do that, just go to our website, thechristianrealview.org, click on Donate. There's a drop-down for KKLA that you can support. You can be a one-time donation. You can be a recurring donation. You can become a Christian Realview partner. Or you can always call us at one 646 Not trying to twist anyone's arm. We always like cheerful givers, but we do want to make our needs known. And we do have a fiduciary responsibility as a ministry uh, to make sure that we're not spending more than we are bringing in in support. So thank you for considering that. Okay, let's get to our topic for the day. Pastor in Ukraine War Zone is going to give us a firsthand perspective from Kiev. It's been over a month, and Ukraine continues to fight back against the military invasion by Vladimir Putin's Russian forces. The human toll is high. Thousands of people have been killed on both sides, with homes and other non military buildings destroyed. 
Cities like Mariupol have been decimated by Russian military bombardment, causing millions of refugees flooding out of Ukraine. Meanwhile, the debate rages in Europe and America about what to do. Is more intervention called for beyond supplying arms and the technological support that the Ukrainians are getting right now, such as enforcing a no-fly zone over the country, which really means direct combat with Russian forces? Or should the West just stay out of it, reasoning that the United States in particular has little strategic interest in Ukraine? Now, even in an age of countless information sources, it's difficult to know why Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine and what is taking place. That is why we are looking forward to talking to an American pastor who has ministered in Ukraine for 30 years and has chosen to stay with his congregation in the capital city of Kiev in the midst of this war. Pastor Greg, and we're withholding his last name in church for security reasons, joins us today to give us a firsthand on-the-ground perspective. Let's get straight to the interview with Pastor Greg in Kiev. Greg, thank you for joining us all the way from Kiev and Ukraine today on the Christian Worldview radio program. Just tell us first how long you have been in Ukraine, what do you do there, and why are you staying in that city despite the war going on with Russia right now? First, thank you for for having me on. It's a privilege to be uh, with you and on your show. We've been here for almost 30 years. This August will be 30 years that we've had the privilege of serving our Lord here in Ukraine. So we came in after about a year or so of language study. The evangelical church community here really needed a full-time seminary. They had some training programs here and there, but they really uh, needed a full-time seminary program to train their pastors who basically didn't have any training uh, during the Soviet era. It's been an amazing uh, time just to be able to be a part of that, in a sense, that aspect of ministry in Ukraine, as far as uh, training men for ministry, or actually training men who are already in ministry to, uh, to better, more accurately handle God's word. The second part of our ministry has been in the area of church planting. We've been uh, a part of two church plants over the years. People are, are wonderful people, people that love relationships encouraging one another. They love God's word. They hold God's word in the highest respect as authoritative in their life. So it's been really a pleasure to to be in pastoral ministry as well here. You asked why stay with the war. As a pastor, I feel that, you know, the pastor needs to be with his sheep, especially when the the sheep are going through uh, probably the most difficult time in their life. Uh, everything is uh, uprooted. Uh, there's literally life and death situations going on in their life. The pastor needs to be with his sheep to to lead, guide, care for them. And, and that's why I decided, and I did it with my wife as well. We both sat down, talked about it, we prayed about it. And we really decided that, you know, that is exactly what God wanted for us was to stay and, and to shepherd our people here. So one of the family that just came uh, a few days ago is one of our faculty members, and he was in the city of Chernigov. Most of you probably have heard about Chernigov, uh, pretty much a nonstop uh, shelling by the Russians pretty much from day one. And uh, the Lord provided a, a, 
an opening in a sense, a corridor for them to get out. And they were able to get out and to come here and uh, they're here with us right now. So, uh, so we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for what we're able to do. Greg with us and we're withholding his last name here for security reasons coming to us from Kiev in Ukraine. He's a pastor there also started a seminary in Ukraine to train men to, to pastor and to minister in that country. What is it like where you are in Kiev right now? Are you seeing Russian forces? How are you spending your days during this war? We have not seen uh, Russian troops in Kiev. We thank the Lord for that. We do have shelling. Matter of fact, as, as we're talking, uh, I can hear the shelling. It's all defensive shelling or outgoing shelling, not incoming shelling. By God's grace, the Ukrainian army have been able to hold Kiev uh, secure, you might say, in that sense. There have been some, some rockets, some, some missiles that have uh, made their way in. But by God's grace, uh, we haven't uh, had to suffer that. Like I just mentioned a minute ago, our faculty member just coming from uh, Chernigov, he's a pastor there as well. Incredible, just nonstop shelling. They were uh, in a uh, bomb shelter, basically the basement of their house, made into a bomb shelter. His wife's youngest brother was killed by the shelling. He was uh, helping some other people uh, get into a bomb shelter. His wife, who was who's expecting their first child, uh, he got her in safely and uh, a shell went off near him and, and took his life. Mm. Those kinds of things going on. We've made uh, trips to, to the Polish border to receive uh, aid coming in from the West. Uh, places like European Bible Training Center, you know, based in Berlin, have been extremely helpful uh, sending aid, uh, basically a couple of vans every other day or so. When you make trips, you know, there's different things that are going on. You can see troop movement. Sometimes you see the aftermath of, of a battle that that has taken place in a particular area. People that are, are that are suffering traumatic uh, things. Another family from Chernigov, we were able to help with financial gifts that have come from the West. They had a nice, nice home. I saw, you know, before picture and after picture, and, you know, it's gone. You know, their home is gone. It's a young family, you know, young daughter. There's there's kind of that earthquake, you know, and there's the shock, you know, that that it's happened and what's kind of what's going on. But there's a huge wave coming uh, after people come out of their bomb shelters or their basements or wherever they they've been hiding. Just in Kharkov alone, you know, there's like 1,500 apartment buildings that are destroyed. 50 to 100, you know, schools that have been destroyed. You have hospitals that have been destroyed. You kind of say, I guess, you know, kind of the basics of life. Where do you go to school? Uh, where do you get uh, treatment uh, if you're sick or you have some kind of injury? Stores, um, food uh, warehouses have been destroyed. This has affected, obviously, their, their farming. They've destroyed pharmaceutical storage places uh, as well as manufacturing. There's a huge infrastructure devastation that's taken place. I mean, it's going to take years, you know, years for them to, to come back from something like this. How are you personally, Greg, you and your family and your church, do you have enough food and water and just the basic necessities? Where are you getting those in the midst of this situation? 
early on, we decided to to move from our home to to the seminary church facility because we wanted to be with our people in the area of our people. Uh, gas was very difficult to get, and we weren't sure where the rockets were going to be falling as well. So we we've moved. We're now living, like I said, uh, at the uh, church and seminary. By God's grace, we have limited, I would say, limited supplies of food in the regular stores. Certain things have been rationed. We've received uh, some aid from, like I mentioned, from the European Bible Training Center and some of our uh, affiliates in Poland, as well as Romania. We have not had outage as far as electricity or water. But other cities have, like Brother Igor coming from Chernigo for three weeks, basically no water, no heat, no electricity. Mm. So you have people living in those kinds of situations, Chernigo, Sumy, Kharkov. Obviously, you've seen the devastation in Mariupol. So we have brothers and sisters in those areas. Because we've been training men pastors for so many years, really, we have graduates and students literally throughout Ukraine that's given us a network of pastors, churches, church leaders through which now we can uh, start moving humanitarian aid, especially to some of these places that are just completely devastated. We've received some refugees from Chernigov and they were just so thankful just to have a hot shower because they haven't had a hot shower. Yeah for three weeks. They were just so glad to be able to spend a night in a building that was warm. You know, often we, we take all those things for granted, go into our house, we flip on the heater or the air conditioner or whatever, the lights, you know, a hot shower, but it wasn't for them for, like I said, for three, four weeks uh, living in those kinds of situations. Greg with us today, we're withholding his last name, a pastor started a seminary, currently coming to us in Kiev, Ukraine, in the middle of that country in war, being attacked by Putin and Russia right now. We'll get to the geopolitics of the situation in a minute, but what is the receptivity to the gospel like right now over there when people are in basically survival mode? God uses difficult times to open people's hearts uh, to the gospel as, as people are in difficult situations, life-threatening situations, in transit from their city to the border. We come alongside of them and and help them to know that there is a God, that the God is in control, even though things around them might seem out of control. But there is a God who is in control and can share the gospel with these people. Many of them are are extremely open to the gospel because that's what they're facing. They're facing life and death. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't know what uh, the day is going to bring. So they're very uh, focused on eternal things. And we have that opportunity to share the gospel with them. We have s- some books that we're able to, to share with them too, depending on kind of where they are. We have some Bibles as well, New Testaments that we're able to, to give to them as well. So we have these kinds of uh, opportunities, obviously, as well as we're giving out humanitarian aid, food. That's a tool in a sense. You know, obviously it's needed for life, but as well, it's a tool. And and God uses that, obviously, to open people's hearts, their attitudes towards us, that we're doing something 
demonstration of God's love towards them in that way. And we're able to share more specifically, you know, through the gospel uh, of God's love uh, for them. Pastor Greg with us today here on the Christian Realview radio program. He's coming to us from Kiev. He's a pastor there. We're withholding his last name and also the name of the churches for security reasons. If you would like to be part of the support of Pastor Greg and the men he's working with, their ministry over there, uh, there's several support agencies, but we're going to highlight one that we've actually featured on the program this last fall. You may remember when we did the program on missions and LifeGate International. Their website is lifegateinternational.org. If you go there, you can donate specifically to Pastor Greg and the other uh, folks there who are working in ministry in Ukraine to do that, lifegateinternational.org. Okay, we need to take a brief pause. Would you like to help the Christian Realview continue broadcasting on the radio station, website, or app in which you are listening today? You can become a Christian Realview partner by calling one 646 2233 visiting org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, Five five three three one. Pastor James Coates was arrested and sent to prison a couple of weeks ago in Canada. What did he do? He held a church service. And it isn't the government's responsibility to protect us from a virus. What's their responsibility to protect our God-given rights? Two days after that sermon, Pastor James Coates was arrested and imprisoned. He has now co-authored an important book titled God Versus Government, Taking a Biblical Stand When Christ and Compliance Collide. God Versus Government is 208 pages, softcover, and retails for $17.99. You can order a copy for a donation of any amount to The Christian Realview. Go to thechristianrealview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's 1-888-646-2233 or org. David Wheaton here, host of the Christian Realview radio program. Listeners are often surprised to learn that we as a ministry pay to broadcast on the radio station, website, or app on which you are listening today. That expense is recouped through listeners like you making a donation or becoming a Christian Worldview partner. Our aim is to have each broadcast outlet fully supported by the listeners of that outlet. If you would like to help us in our mission to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ— Go to thechristianworldview.org and click on Donate. You can also call toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Specify how you listen, as that helps us decide whether to continue on a given outlet. And be sure to select one of our resources as a thank you for your support. Welcome back to The Christian Realview. I'm David Wheaton. Visit our website, thechristianrealview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Now back to the interview with Pastor Greg in Kiev, Ukraine. What is the mood of the Ukrainian people? You're in Kiev, so you're not everywhere, but you're obviously interacting, communicating with people from different parts of the country. Christians are fleeing some cities, coming to where you are in Kiev, which is for now holding off the attack. 
What is the mood of the Ukrainian people? Do they believe they can oust Russia or do they feel like they're in a hopeless situation and they're eventually just going to get taken over? The people that have stayed are resilient. They're incredible. I think everybody that I've talked to believe they're going to win the war. I kind of picture it this way. You know, if somebody breaks into your house, you're going to do everything, everything you can use everything you can, you know, to, to get those people out of your house. And that's the same kind of attitude. They've invaded their land. It's their land. It's their house. They're going to do whatever it's going to take to, uh, to preserve their land, their home. So they're able to be here and live here. Now there's, of course, in any war, there's always a propaganda machine on both sides and all sides, you know, because sure. both sides want to present things that are going to help their cause. I mean, the, the first sure. rule of war is deception. You want to deceive the enemy. We get a lot of news reports, varying yep. news reports that are influenced by one side or the other. You told us about some of the condition of other cities in Ukraine, Mariupol and other cities yep. that are really, really in difficult shape, apartment yep. buildings, non-military Places are totally decimated and so forth. How do you think this is going to end up? What are you hearing that Russian President Putin wants or what or will settle for? I think he he basically wants what is called the Donbass and the Lugansk uh, area. They kind of had half of it up to the beginning of the war. I, I think they want all of that territory. I have no idea if, if, if the Ukrainian government is, is going to agree to, the, to something like that. But I, I, think that's what, uh, I think that's what he wants at this point. I think it's become very clear to him that his troops aren't the troops he thought he has and that Ukrainians are more resilient and tactically pretty with it when it comes to, uh, to fighting, especially for their, for their land. I don't think he expected the response um, that he got from the Ukrainian. I've been hearing they've been taking some pretty tremendous losses, not only of their highest military commanders, but countless numbers of their their troops and their military weaponry and so forth. Pastor Greg is joining us from Kiev, Ukraine today, a pastor of an unnamed church there. And we're talking about the situation going on. Now, there have been a lot of contradictory perspectives that we hear in the media in, in the West. And I'm just going to ask you to clarify in the best way you know how here from what you're hearing on the ground. And, and these sometimes are perspectives on those on the right politically here. There's, I think there's a no. division. Some on the right in America, you know, are very like the neocons, you know, want to, let's get in there. Let's push back R- Russia. Let's do a no fly zone and so forth. Let's get involved in this conflict, this war. Yeah, so on one side, you have those who say Ukraine's a democracy. We need to protect this democracy Versus others will say, well, U- Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. This is a place where the, the Bidens, you know, Hunter Biden, you know, the money laundering, the Clintons have been involved. That there's, there's biological laboratories there, secret bio- biological laboratories from the United States are there. George Soros, man who wants the, the downfall of America, works against everything traditional America, although living in America. Tell us more about Ukraine. Is it a democracy or is it this super corrupt country that we shouldn't want to support anything that, you know, George Soros and the Bidens are for? Well, I I guess I would ask, you know, what country is not corrupt? Because you just named, you know, a bunch of people from the United States. Uh, I'm sure we could we can name a bunch of people in, in every country of the world. 
um, as far as corruption. It's just, I mean, that's the state of the human heart. But when we look at a country, at least from my perspective, you look at the people, you look at the common person, you know, the person that, you know, goes to work, has a family, comes home. To me, that's the country, that's the people. And the people here are very loving people, a very giving people. They love to be with each other, uh, encourage each other. That's what I look at when I'm looking at the country. Is it a democracy? It's a democracy as far as I can tell. They've had, again, as far as I can tell, legitimate uh, elections. The current president, I think, was legitimately elected. They've had, uh, as you know, probably a couple of revolutions or whatever you want to call them to kick out leaders that the people didn't want. You You had literally hundreds of thousands of people demonstrating. So that's not just a, um, you know, a select elite, in a sense, group of people wanting the government to be a certain way or a certain person in, in charge. I think it's more democratic than our neighbor, if we, if we want to look at it that way. And you're, yeah, you, you, think, you mean think, Russia when you say that your neighbor yeah, Russia. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. think it, it's more democratic than, than Russia. I'm impressed with the current president. A lot of people have made fun of him. He was a comedian, you know, so, you know, whatever, you know, his lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. Just looking at it from a, in a sense of distance, you know, because I don't know the guy personally, to take on what was once viewed as the second best military in the world and to hold them at bay and to inflict significant damage to the army and to, to keep his his country intact to keep his people encouraged to speak to multiple governing bodies throughout the world and to receive standing ovations and to be acclaimed you know for his speeches uh, as far as being some of the best that they've ever heard i think says something about the man he's he's more than just a comedian Mm -hmm. um you know i think he he really loves ukraine um, he could have left, right? The United States offered to take him out and, and he could have done whatever from, from a safe place, but he chose to uh, stay in Kiev. That's the gold ring. That's what they wanted. Uh, but he chose to stay. And I think that says a lot about the man. And he's every day he's encouraging. He's not, you know, he's not hiding in a room behind some monitors. He's not sitting behind, you know, some long table. Uh, talking to people. He's out there. He's visiting uh, soldiers that have been wounded in the hospital. He's walking on the streets, talking with people, encouraging his people. So to me, that speaks volumes about a man. He loves his country. He loves his people. And he's there all the way to the end. If his life's taken, okay, his life's taken. But to me, that says a lot about a man. It does to me as well. There's you know, obviously there's been a big division on who he is. You know, some people, as you just mentioned, you are considering him this courageous hero like Winston Churchill, and yeah. where others are are seeing him as well. He's he's banned opposition uh, parties in the country. He's a globalist, a World Economic Forum, and, and he may be that. He may have some of those inclinations, I, I guess. But what we know is he's staying in the country. He's trying to defend his homeland from an unprovoked, at least a militarily unprovoked invasion of, of Putin in Russia. It seems to me that people should have the right or at least have the right of self-determination for their own country if they don't want to be taken over. So at least at that minimal level, we can, we can applaud him and, and, and respect him for that. 
One big discussion going on here in America is how much this country should be involved militarily. I, I would have to guess that this country and other Western nations are involved in very significant ways behind the scenes. We know their weapons, Western weapons are coming in, helping the Ukrainians sure. and so forth. But more overt military involvement, like implementing a no-fly zone, which which basically means that you have Western or European or American planes getting into air-to-air combat if challenged by Russian airplanes, that, that's a that's an open live live fire war situations. Now you're an American and you're in right. Kiev. Do right. you think the mil- U.S. military should be intervening openly and actively in Ukraine, or just be supporting as they are from the outside? I view it this way: What are our morals? That's where I start. They've talked about okay, well, if he crosses the line, the red line, well, then define what that red line is. So I would define the red line as indiscriminate bombing of civilians, uh, indiscriminate bombing of hospitals, indiscriminate uh, bombings of uh, schools, indiscriminate bombing of food uh, storage, medical storage. That's my red line. If the country goes and starts doing those kinds of things, their intent, as I would understand it, is to totally annihilate those people. I think an example of that you can see is Mariupol. Russia would would have their explanation for those things. I know people that live there, um, so I know the truth. I know people that live in Kharkov. Um, I know people who, matter of fact, Igor, in his own yard... Uh, had a cluster bomb. Well, you're not supposed to be using cluster bombs. In my thinking, have they crossed the the red line? In my thinking, they've crossed the red line. They crossed it a long time ago. In some sense, you know, I'm ashamed that you know the United States hasn't done more. That's you know obviously my personal opinion yeah. on that. But just for me personally, morally, you have the power to stop something, and yet you don't use that against innocent people against mothers who are expecting children, children who are in a hospital, children who are, who are struggling with cancer. Probably should stop there because. um, I completely understand and respect that sentiment. And I I think those who are urging more restraint are thinking this is Russia. It's a nuclear power. Would this elicit, or would this, you know, start a chain of events to start world war three and so I, I think I completely respect what you're saying, I, but I, we all, both of us know there's also the other side of it, too. What does that mean? Do we want our sons and daughters coming over and fighting on the ground against Russia and Ukraine? And these are very difficult questions uh, to answer, strategic interest of Ukraine to America or to Europe and so forth. All these things are things sure. that need to be calculated and understood. But uh, your, your answer is helpful to consider uh, and to know what's going on there. As we think about this situation in Ukraine, and Pastor Greg joins us right from Kiev right now where this war is taking place. Uh, if you'd like to support uh, his ministry there, you can go to one of the support agencies that's helping them with ministry and humanitarian aid and everything else, lifegateinternational.org. You remember them. They were featured on the program in the fall of 2021. You can select a drop-down for help in Ukraine. It'll go directly to them. And they're an excellent organization that that aid gets, gets to them. 
Okay, brief pause here. I'm David Wheaton, and you are listening to the Christian Worldview. Help us sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ by becoming a Christian Worldview partner. Call one 646 2233 visit or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. When it comes to your health care, what are some words you would use to describe your experience with them? Comfort? Peace? Confidence? Well, at Samaritan Ministries, those are just some of the words our members use frequently when a health care need arises, like these friends. In 2016, we found out that our youngest son, Asher, had cancer. I will just never forget crying in the lobby of the hospital on the phone with the Samaritan Ministries person on the other end who ended the call saying, let's just pray about this. When it does hit you and you really wonder what's going to happen, it worked. Interested in becoming part of a growing, caring community of Christians who not only faithfully share each other's medical needs each month, but also support each other with prayer and encouragement? It's affordable and you can join today. If you'd like more information, visit us at SamaritanMinistries.org slash TCW. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash TCW. What happened to the church? How do you break down American Christianity? Whiteness has caused blindness of heart. That message that they're going out and taking the world is not. You need to repent of your sin, receive Christ. Instead, the message that you actually have is they are under the weight of racism or sexism or homophobia. The proceeding is from Enemies Within the Church, a two-hour documentary film that exposes how social justice ideology is infecting the church. You can order the DVD for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's 1-888-646-2233 or org. Thanks for joining us on The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Transcripts and short takes are also available. Now back to the interview with Pastor Greg in Kiev, Ukraine. We hear in America as well, some people on the right in America say that, that there's a large contingent this, of some called the Azov Battalion. This is like a neo-Nazi regiment in the, in the military, the Ukrainian military. This element of it is not something that should be supported. What do you know about that? That, that topic seems to come up quite a bit. Vladimir Putin even used this as a justification for invading Ukraine. That, you know, the white supremacists, neo-Nazis, part of the Ukrainian military. Do you know anything about that? I have no idea. Never Good. seen them. We've had... Over 2,000 students over the years, not one of them has ever mentioned anything about neo-Nazis. Come on. I mean, the, the president is Jewish. And of course, every country probably has, quote unquote, you know, neo-Nazis or white supremacists or whatever. But nothing that you would come here and say, oh, yeah, they're neo-Nazis, you know, running around here. I've never encountered that. Yeah. Thank you for answering some of these things that get filtered over to America that we see in 
actually alternative media a lot too, where you, you read some of these things just yeah. about who Zelensky is and is Ukraine a real democracy? Should the U.S. intervene? The, these are discussions that may not be taking place there. Probably are not because you and others over there are just trying to make it through another day. And, yeah. you know, where over here it's, you know, theoretical situations going on when the bottom line is Ukraine is under assault and just fighting for its survival. Um, yes. Let's close today, Greg, by uh, asking how we can be listeners today, can be praying for you and believers there and how we can help you. Are there ways that we've talked about donating through lifegateinternational.org? That obviously is one way. Give us some parting words about what we can be praying for you and just some final words that you want to, that you would like to address American listeners to know. Great. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. Uh, maybe just, yeah, another word for LifeGate. I know Steve Linetti, I've known him for, for a few decades now and uh, have worked with him. Great brother, great work. They're doing great things. They're helping us. They've, they've already helped us a lot through uh, financial giving, providing humanitarian aid uh, for our brothers and sisters here and for, for people just in general uh, here in Ukraine. So, yeah, if, if you feel led to do that, please, yeah, give through uh, LifeGate. Would appreciate that very much. We look at the, the whole gamut in a sense. So, you know, maybe starting in Western Europe, just prayer as well for the, for the church in Western Europe. You have close to 4 million Ukrainians that have left Ukraine uh, spilling into all different countries throughout Western Europe. But the church there in Western Europe has done phenomenal, phenomenal you know, job reaching out to the, to, to the refugees continued prayer for them for the churches there as time goes on it get you know it gets a little harder to keep ministering to people in this way some people are very uh, thankful for the churches and the ministry to to them some people aren't some people are very bitter because they've had to leave their home and everything that's dear to them um, so that that bitterness comes out towards a person that's trying to help them so those kinds of things and Obviously, the, the proclamation of the gospel, reception of the gospel, uh, able to you know, print and get good materials. Uh, we're working on that, uh, just that we'd be able to expedite that uh, more, be able to get out uh, good materials to these different churches throughout Western Europe, many different countries, and be able to get that material out. Um, as we move closer you know, to the border, obviously, you know, there's all kinds of there's good things that are going on, but as well, there can be bad things that are going on, you know, at a border, obviously for protection for the people, the refugees, mm. that those who are working on the, the border would be able to reach out and be able to help that uh, help them quickly. So they're not taken advantage of people would, what we say, use common sense and, and not put themselves into, into a situation that could, could be harmful for them, really. As the aid and the things come over the border as well, there's there's a lot of redistribution of that going on. So we need drivers, you know, to be able to drive the the aid, get the aid to the to the cities, to the people that need it from the border areas. So that would be an, another big uh, prayer request, just for for drivers, for vehicles, for the safety of of those people that are driving and and, and bringing the aid. And, and then, of course, you know, the local churches in, in the cities, the pastors. I just had a meeting with, with some of my guys. They're all pastors. But now they've got uh, refugees and 
one of them is, you know, feeding 400 people, you know, in a, in a, in a school, they're refugees, uh, just trying to feed a hundred, you know, orphans from Kharkov, um, you know, and that just becomes wearing day in, day out on, on pastors and, and other people at the church. So pray for the pastors in the churches that God would just give them, you know, that, un, that unusual, you know, strength that the Lord can give that, that, that grace, you know, that the Lord just pours out. The pastors would not depend on their own strength, but the strength of the Lord. Obviously, we're praying for peace. Um, but like I said, like a tsunami, I really think the bigger wave is coming once the shelling stops and people start coming out from the rubble, putting lives back together, people that have lost family members, people that don't even know where family members are, some who are buried in a mass grave. The building that they used to live in is no longer there. Where are they going to live now? So there's, there's just all those kinds of things that need to be helped and worked through. So just that the Lord would help prepare the evangelical believers here to be able to really step up and, and address those kinds of things. Because I think the, the, the world, as, as I understand, the world is pretty much focused on this little country of Ukraine. And it's interesting that it has the largest percent of evangelicals in Europe. Hmm. Um, so I think the Lord has a spotlight on us. And, and I, would, I really, really want to encourage the, the evangelical believers here to really be able to step up and be a bright light in the world to the world. What evangelical believers under the power of the Holy Spirit, what, what they can really do in such a difficult situation. Greg, let me just briefly pray with you before we end the interview here. And uh, we know many of our listeners just heard what you said, and they will certainly be doing the same. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Greg and for those he's trained and discipled and shepherded over there in Ukraine for many, many years. It's been decades. And um, we just pray that the fruit of that would be brought to your glory in the midst of this really terrible war and crisis right now, and all the things he just mentioned from humanitarian aid to protection and peace and safety and end of this war, uh, that you would be glorified, that believers would be emboldened there uh, for further proclamation of the gospel and the rest of what he just mentioned, that that you would do these things by your supernatural power, your your grace. And so we pray your protection upon Greg and his family too. Son is going to be coming over there to help. And now we pray your special protection over them to do your work where you have placed them at this, this point in history. We just trust you. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Greg, thank you for coming on the Christian worldview. All of God's best and, and safety and peace to it's you. Thank all you. Right. All right. That was Greg, an American missionary and pastor in Ukraine, in Kiev. He started a seminary there that trains men to preach and minister in that country. It was interesting that he, what he said about Ukraine having the largest percentage of evangelicals in Europe. Now, that was about as accurate reporting as you'll get. He's there. He's interacting with others who are moving around the country. He's delivering humanitarian aid. He's lived there for 30 years. That's going to be a much better picture than you're going to get from a news anchor over here in the U.S. trying to interpret it from an ocean away. Now, there are many different views on this war, and it's easy to quarterback from across the ocean on our couches and our warm, safe homes with 
electricity and hot water and food. You have the interventionists whose perspective is Putin is evil or, or maybe he's even insane. He's like Hitler or Stalin. He's trying to expand to other nations. Once he topples Ukraine, he'll go into other countries. And so there's this moral appeal that if we can do something to stop Putin in Russia, stop the suffering, we should do it. And that was Pastor Greg's position. And it's understandable one when you're under attack. You want it to stop, even for the sake of your own family. And so interventionists are saying that the U.S. should intervene with some sort of direct engagement. Maybe not U.S. soldiers on the ground, but maybe a no-fly zone or technical support. And I think there probably is a lot of a lot going on that we're not seeing that the U.S. and Western countries are doing right now to help Ukraine fend off Russia. Now, as opposed to the interventionists, you have the skeptics on this war. And they'll say this is a diversion from Biden's low polling presidency. A war is a perfect thing to get the attention of what the president is doing back home. Or they'll say this is a purposeful event to collapse the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar in order to move us to globalism. After all, George Soros is supporting Ukraine, and so we shouldn't. There are others who talk about the bio labs, the biological weapons labs that are in fact true. They are over there. We don't know the extent of it or why they're there, uh, but they'll say this war had something to do with that, that Putin invaded because he was fearful of what these bio labs were going to do. You also hear someone say Ukraine is historically Russian and that Ukraine should just surrender. And that would actually save more people's lives if they just gave up. Another line you will hear is Putin has more traditional values than the globalists in the European Union who have woke values. And Putin actually really wants a resurgence of Christianity through the Russian Orthodox Church. And meanwhile, Putin is divorced and has several children with his mistress, real moral guy. Another thing the skeptics will say is that NATO and the European Union triggered Putin into this war. They were, quote, poking the bear by engaging too much in Ukraine. Ukraine talked about wanting to become part of the European Union. That was too much for Russia. And the U.S. would feel the same if Russia or China were in Cuba. Well, to that, I would say that Ukraine is an independent state. They have the right to desire to become part of the European Union or NATO if they'd like. Now, they may have to defend themselves to do it, but they have every right to do that as a sovereign nation. And Cuba has the same right to bring in Russia or China. But again, they may have to defend that decision if the U.S. decides it's a threat to our security. There's never been any evidence, at least since Hitler in World War II, that NATO or the European Union has any military intentions on taking on Russia. But that maybe is what Putin is thinking. Who knows? I'm not saying all these things I've mentioned are wrong. I'm just saying these are some of the viewpoints that have been brought out during this war. Another one you'll hear is that Ukraine and Volodymyr Zelensky, the president, this is not a democracy. He bans opposition parties. There's an oligarch, rich man that supports him, who works in media. Uh, Zelensky is a World Economic Forum young leader. He's a globalist. He's got antichrist-like charisma. He's a propagandist. He, he used those captured versus killed sailors to, for his own ends. He, there's fake pictures going on over there. To which I would reply, yeah, probably he is. Every leader, every country is a propagandist for their own country. That's a big part of war. Another thing you'll hear the skeptics say is that Ukraine is the most corrupt country, and therefore we should keep our pristine hands off it. 
I think we need to do a little self-examination before we call Ukraine a corrupt country. It was President Joe Biden and his son who have profited from corrupt deals with Ukraine. They made tons of money with Sun Hunter on the company called Burisma, which was a gas company for which he had no experience to be on their board. Frankly, I'm not sure there's a more corrupting influence in the world right now than our own country of the United States of America. I mean, do we have free and fair elections? I'm not so sure after the last presidential election. Is political opposition punished? Or just think about what has happened to the people who entered the Capitol on January 6th after Biden was elected. Many of them are still in prison, still awaiting their day in court. And you also have to ask, what kind of values does President Biden and this administration export? Well, they're radical abortion values and radical homosexual values. Just a couple days ago, here's what President Biden had to say as he put out a message in support of Transgender Day. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. But there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color, to ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, and to finally pass a bipartisan Equality Act to help transgender persons around the world live free from discrimination and violence. Above all, to be there with you. To parents of transgender children, Affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. And know this, you're so brave, you belong, and we have your back. God bless you all. Be brave. That was a Romans chapter 1 speech where you're so depraved that you celebrate that which is completely offensive and sinful before God, with no concern for those souls who are enslaved to sin. Instead of helping them get out of it, you're affirming them in it. What's more wicked than that? That's what this country is exporting now. So whether you're convinced by more of the interventionist arguments, or perhaps on the other side in the skeptics argument, I think there are two bottom line points here. Number one, Putin and Russia invaded a sovereign nation unprovoked, at least from a military standpoint. Ukraine did not invade Russia. It was the other way around. And Russia is decimating cities and killing thousands of people over in Ukraine. That's number one. The second bottom line is this, that Zelensky and Ukraine have every right to defend themselves and determine their own future rather than becoming a vassal state to Russia. And so I think Western nations should help not with our soldiers on the ground or in direct combat with Russia, but in effective ways that will just make it so difficult for Russia to take over the country that they finally just say it's not worth it or not possible. And for those who will say that 
that will just lead Ukraine to become part of the European new global world order. That may be true, but it's really like picking your wickedness. Would you rather have repressive globalists or tyrannical nationalists like Putin? We live in a very evil world. But I know this, if I was a Christian living in Ukraine, I know I would want to be helped instead of being taken over by Putin and Russia. It's a good thing that God is fully in control and is moving a war in which it is very difficult to discern what's going to come of it. He's going to turn it for his purposes and his plans advance forward. So do not fear, do not be confused. We know that God is ruling on his throne. And the most important thing is, if you do not know him, if he is not your king, you need to obey his command to repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel is the good news that you as a sinner can be made right with this holy God, this sovereign of the universe, and that you don't have to pay the penalty for your own sin, and that God sent his son to pay the penalty for you on that cross when he bled and died and then rose again victoriously over sin and death, so that through faith in him, you can be forgiven and be gifted eternal life in heaven. Find out more at our website, thechristianworldview.org, by clicking on the page, What Must I Do to Be Saved? Thank you for joining us today on The Christian Realview. Thanks also to our supporters and Samaritan Ministries for funding today's program. In just a moment, there will be all kinds of information on the ministry. So let's be encouraged. We live in a challenging world, but Jesus Christ and His Word are the same yesterday and today and forever. So until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of the Christian worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out what must I do to be saved, go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll-free 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, Five five three three one. Thanks for listening to the Christian Worldview. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.